Hey Warriors and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. And this is going to be a little bit of a different episode only because I've been so busy with getting ready for moving and trying to figure out our plan to drive down on Tuesday. Yep. In two days my wife and I will be taking our car and traveling down past probably Amarillo a bit and then the next day on Wednesday we're hoping to get there early enough to maybe look for some stuff that we could try to get delivered before the weekend because we all know the next July or I should say next weekend is July and July 4th is next Monday so that being said today is kind of kind of a little bit more of a real talk um it's kind of more of what kind of got me to this point in life a little bit um, you know, one thing I do want to share with you guys is that the so-called moving company that we were dealing with, um, like last Thursday, they were supposed to come. Nobody showed up and I waited an hour after the window, no response. I called basically the operator had no clue where the drivers were, that they're probably delayed was the main answer. And so I talked to the person I dealt with for, uh, basically setting things up. And that once again, they don't know where the, where they were. So my wife and I said, we're done. We're canceling though. Now we're hoping that they'll give us back our deposit, but it doesn't looks like they're not going to really try to go that direction. So we're not sure what, what we could really do about it. Um, you know, the, the unfortunate thing is they did get some money. The blessing is they didn't get all the money. So we ended up going with pods, which is what we used uh, a couple years ago. And we're actually going to have a discount. We got a discount off of them, which was really neat. Looks like everything's going to fit perfectly in there, but the main issue is going to be it's not going to get there until sometime after 4th of July. So my wife will basically have nothing, <laughs> and we're going to have to figure out, like my hope is that I can find a couch, because like, I really like those comfy couches, if you know what I'm talking about. Like They have seats that pop open, chill out. We can get it so that I can get there by Thursday or Friday or maybe even Saturday, uh, um, delivered to the apartment, then I'll be probably sleeping on that until uh, our stuff comes in. Um, we do have some eyes on a couple, like we do have eyes on a set that we did find that would be absolutely amazing. Um, there's also another place that one of my friends had told me about out there in the area because he lives in um, the Dallas kind of area. And so he re recommended that. Uh, so we're going to be looking at that. You can pray for all that to come through. We also need a couple of, you know, we're going to be trying to find certain things out there for the apartment. So, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting week. So that being said, I don't know 100% if I will be able to necessarily talk or make a podcast for next Sunday. If I do, maybe on the phone, if I'm capable of able to do it. And then, um, so this kind of next week is going to be interesting. Anyway, so... One thing I haven't done in a while is, is, is a real talk. And so this is kind of like a real talk right here. You know, looking back and all the things that have happened to me throughout the years, uh, you know, I know I don't have the worst scenario or the worst, you know, life bring up or anything like that. But, you know, there has been a lot of hiccups, you know, a lot of situations to me that to me feel like, I'm behind by 10 years plus. You know, I've mentioned before how sometimes as men, we sometimes, we, we make these plans. We have these ideas in our heads that we want to be 
at A, B, C, D, E in life. And we have these goals of like when we would like to get married, you know, when when we uh, like to have kids, when we would like to get the house, the truck, or the car, you know, whatever it may be, you know, get a good job. And I had that kind of plan in my head. You know, I, I really thought by the time I was in my 30s, I would be doing the career that I really wanted to do, that things would just... I've worked out, especially since I went to start chasing after ministry. I was really sure as soon as I was gradu- graduating uh, my both my BA, um, I would be jumping into a church, and that church, you know, would set me up for the next stage that God would have. And then by the time I was forty, like I am today, that I would have already been a senior pastor at a church. Now God's plans are never our plans, just like our ways are never his ways. That's in Isaiah. And then, you know, I had the life verse of, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to thy own understanding and all thy ways. Ask him and he will direct. Right? And the thing is that even though these past, you know, especially these last like 11 years have not been what either my wife and I had hoped you know they weren't planned the way that we wanted to be planned and you know to me there was times where like it was just so confusing to understand what to do next you know everybody else is like telling me you know well you should be doing this you should just get this you should be getting this job maybe you should. and the thing is like the past 10 11 years it has not been like the 1980s and if any of you have been through what I've been through you understand how hard it is to get full-time work Especially if you don't have a degree in a certain area, because our culture has pushed that type of agenda on Americans. You know, you need to have this degree. So my degree was specifically for ministry. So unfortunately, that degree has no value at an IT computer company to get a job with. So the jobs that I can maybe get are the basic, you know, McDonald's, you know, Chick-fil-A, whatever. But the issue was back then, I got the ring around. So it was either I was underqualified because I had no food experience or I was overqualified because I had too many degrees. And that's the one thing that just irritated me. It's like, it doesn't, I, like, I need a job. I'm not looking to be paid $25 an hour. I know you're only going to be paying 10 to $15, but I need work. And they would just laugh because in their minds, they're so adjusted to the culture. But yet God took care of my wife and I during that time. Um, you know, my, my parents were a very huge factor in that. And... Even other people here and there were huge factors. Like even the church I was helping with my friend um, here in, in basically it was Lafayette, but <clears throat> the church there, the, there was parents that would sneak me a check. There were, the church would just, you know, at the end when I would help out, they would just give me a check. And God used that money to kind of keep us afloat enough to so we could pay you know, the bills we did have to take care of certain things but even it, we were able to save enough money to be able to move when we got our finally my first ministry job but yeah, as many of you know a lot of times you know 
God needs you to go through certain things to help you adjust and learn and grow for a purpose. And it's because of those situations, especially those, those three years of the, my first ministry job, I really learned a lot about church and about ministry and about people and the issues that we do have in our churches today by people. Many people have looked at being Christian as just going to church or thinking good thoughts or being absolutely loving or trying to be tolerant. You know, there's just so many different things I was seeing where worship is about feeling, where uh, being a good person means that I outweigh my bad. You know, that's that's not biblical thinking. That's not seeking out holiness. You know, I was I was just reading in um, Romans eight, and there's this whole section that you know kind of stood out to me, and it says, "For I consider." Oh, let me phrase Romans eight eighteen, starting there. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that's going to be revealed to us. In other words, this world, this time here, <clears throat> is not going to compare to our time when we're in heaven. And what is promised in Revelations. Starting in verse 19, For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's Son to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to, to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in the hope. That the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage to decay and to glorious freedom of God's children. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. Not only that, but we ourselves who have the spirit as the first fruits, we also groan with ourselves, eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. So in other words, we are, we are excited because we know the anticipation of what Christ did. We now know who he is, you know, that he was born and that he lived a life that was perfect, that he defeated sin and death on the cross, that he open up a door for us to be saved. And now we're the spirit, like it says, ourselves who have the spirit as the first fruit. So we are the generations of Christians who have been given the spirit. Because if you know them beforehand, you know, you read spots in the Old Testament where there was moments where the spirit of the Lord was on somebody. But in this situation, because of what Christ did, now the Holy Spirit dwells in all of us. And we know this. Continuing in verse 24, now this is hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope because we, we who hopes for what he sees. Uh, let me, it's kind of weird. Now in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope because who hopes for what he sees? So in other words, we know and understand that through faith that Christ died for us and that we hope for what we don't know ahead. Now, if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait 
for it with patience. Well, some of us are not very patient about that. We're actually very impatient. Continuing in verse tw uh, 26, it says, In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. The Holy Spirit does that with inexpressible groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So in other words, you know, men, <clears throat> you know, we're always trying to figure out our plan. We're trying to get to that situation. We're trying to know the, you know, what's coming ahead. We, we're trying to anticipate what could possibly happen with our family. We want to make sure that we, we could take care of our family. If anything happens to us, our family will have some type of hope. But what we keep forgetting to teach our family is the hope is not in you. Not in us as men. It's in Christ. If your family is putting more trust in you than in Christ, are we doing our jobs? Because they, you know, our kids, our wives, our friends should be able to recognize that the Holy Spirit's moving in us to do something. They should know that Christ is in us by our actions, by the way we talk, by the way we treat people. How we interact. What do we value more? Do we value money? Do we value um, life? Do we value everything else but Christ more than we should? Because we know in verse 28 it says, We know all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Now, this is not talking about <clears throat> future stuff that we're doing. What it's talking about is that God knows who each and any of us who are going to be accepting Christ beforehand does not mean he does not seek out everybody to be saved. But the thing is, what he, he is showing us is that what Christ has done for us, we have his Holy Spirit in us to be able to do things that we're supposed to be doing. So he has a purpose for us, right? But at the same time, we have this comfort or hope in Christ because of what he did, which is conformed to the image of and that is very important to understand. So the thing is for us, are we, like once again, is Christ the center of what people see in us? Or is it us that everybody sees? Because a lot of times when you run into men who call themselves men of men or manly men, a lot of times it's, it's their strength, their power, who they are, how much money they have, all the good stuff that they have, how they're respected by people. That is how they built upon. But a godly man, a man who is following Christ, people are going to point out and say, that guy loves Jesus. That guy serves Jesus. That guy is willing to put his life down on the side for other people. It doesn't have to be like, well, I helped my friend. No, it's not about moving or helping friends. No, it's about how you interact, treat and, and how you're willing to serve when Christ says, you know, Jim, you need to go and help that guy at church. 
and you go do it because you feel the spirits leading telling you that you should and so you obey okay and you do that because it doesn't matter if you have a $70,000 truck it doesn't matter if you have you know the 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 most amazing speedboat it doesn't matter if you have you know 7 acres and this amazing house on the property that has no value of what it means to be a man sometimes you may find the most manly man living in a shack with a one bedroom one bathroom with a living room a car that he could you know that he got super cheap and yet he has done probably more than people who have it all now i want you to understand it doesn't mean you can't be rich doesn't mean you can't have money i'm talking about the value of what that man seeks out he loves Jesus so much, he doesn't care, you know, if he doesn't have it all. It doesn't mean that God won't bless him. And it doesn't mean that the guy who has everything isn't being blessed. And I want the clarification. What I'm talking about is the heart. Because you remember when David was chosen to be king, we all know that Samuel was looking for appearances of a man because you remember he he saw how handsome and clean cut his brothers were how strong they looked god said no he picked david the youngest probably a bit scrawny but strong not only in his strength but because of his heart for god and he chose him I think this is the idea of this whole podcast is to help you understand that it's not about how strong you look, but how strong your love for God is. That's going to be pleasing to him. Because you're willing to obey him. You're willing to do what you're supposed to do. You're willing to speak up when you're supposed to. You're willing to tell your daughter, no, you're not dressing like that. And you need to tell you, you know, you need to be able to tell her that your son no, that's not how you treat other women. Just because, you know, that girl may not be as attractive as the girl that you're interested, you don't treat her that way. You need to respect her just as, as you respect those that you like. You need to teach um, how to, you know, your kids to grow up so that they know how to take care of their money. You, you, you teach them that putting God first in their life is more vital than becoming the best sports person on the planet. You know, people can say all they want about Tim Tebow being a horrible quarterback or he shouldn't have been in the NFL. He had no chance. That's okay. You know, one thing I have learned is that character of a person is much more valued than skill. Even if Tim Tebow was would never have been my starter, I would have kept him as my backup. And, you, and the main reason is because he leads with a passion. And that passion is not his own. It's from Jesus. You see, when you have people who are willing to put themselves aside because all they care about is God, you see it in how they act and treat other people. You see it in their actions, their fruit. You know, we can walk around 
and say, you know, yeah, I love Jesus, but when you're acting like the world or you're not really being a man, in my opinion, I've met many of a man who, you know, they're like thinking they have to be new, no sensitivity, you know, that's their problem. You know, they need to just man up. That's not being a man. Men need to learn how to be compassionate. Men need to learn how to be loving. Men need to learn to be sensitive. But they also need to learn to be strong and courageous. And they need to also learn how to be godly, righteous, and morally sound in their character and their integrity. It's a mixture of different things about it. If you can think about Jesus when every time you think about how you should act, you should remember he was both a man who loved others, but also a man who loved God. You saw in the temple, you saw how he talked to the Pharisees, but then you also saw that compassion and sensitivity to the woman at the well. He was being direct, but he was also being very sensitive to the situation. He was observant and paying attention. We can't hide in the corners, men. We can't sit there and hide in our hobbies. We can't sit there and think, no, well, I'm a man and I don't need to talk about feelings. Well, no, you're wrong. Because a lot of times men that hold their feelings and actually have more problems than men who don't. And I'm not talking about running around being super sensitive and crying over everything. There needs to be a balance. If you're having, if you're more sensitive and crying a lot, you may need to go and get checked to make sure your testosterone levels are okay. And I'm, this is not a joke. Because if there's an imbalance, that could be a problem. But the truth is, we need to learn to balance. We need to learn to be assertive. We need to learn to, to speak up. We need to learn to lead when we need to. And yes, sometimes, guys, I'm sorry, sometimes, guys, it can be scary to do any of that. But I can tell you this. When you allow God to be the center of your life, the leader of your choices, and you're willing to follow him and be godly and be directive and be righteous and in, in, towards righteousness. No, that's the direction you should be chasing after. You're going to see something pretty cool about yourself. Not only will you be respected, but people are going to know that you you care, that you that you love on them. I want you guys to think about it as we take a quick break. I'll see you right after. Hey, Warriors. Welcome back to the second episode. Or second half of the episode. I always forget that. Anyway, so we've been talking about, you know, the, the different perspectives of a man that we should have as men now one of the things that you know i look at a lot is we need to pay attention to a lot of the people that are in scripture and how they interact and treat other people now we understand this one thing i do want to clarify about this we got to understand that the men and women that were in scripture were still men and women like you and me Yes, they, they, God had certain purposes for them at certain times. 
But if you really think about when you're listening to a lot of things that are going on in scripture, we know that there's positive negative thoughts. We know like David, you know, committed adultery and then tried to hide it and then murdered and then begged for God to not take his child. We also know that Gideon, who was a farmer, was called to take men. And the one of the first things he wanted to do was like, I'm not a warrior. I can't do this. I don't know how to fight. You know, he made excuses. God still used him. We know that Moses was called to come back, but because he knew what he had done, he had murdered somebody. And then two, he was like, oh, well, I, I can't talk very well. And, you know, and God said, well, here's Aaron. Now go. Now we think about even Solomon, who chased after everything in this world, still turned around and said, guys, ladies, the world has nothing. It is worthless. Only God. We look at Paul, who originally was going to be a Pharisee of the Pharisees, who went out and persecuted, put Christians in jail, maybe even had some of them executed by his own, like his own witnessing or his own leading based on what he was kind of saying. But yet God called him, pulled him out and confronted him straight up and, and told him who he was. And he changed. We know like Peter, who was a fisherman. Now, if you know anything about fishermen, especially in that time frame, let alone the fishermen you know now, you know they're not saints. They probably, you know, Peter probably had a cussing problem, probably got in trouble, probably got into fights, but yet God called them. And Peter changed. Still made some mistakes here and there, just like everybody did. But he changed. Now, we think about Timothy, a young guy like i would say maybe it was probably late teens early 20s and he was put over a church and people are trying to use their eldership over him to control him and paul told him don't let him do that see we always look at how holy or positive um these characters are but we we kind of miss over that the flaws that they do have that god used and changed and built up which is kind of like what we need to understand about ourselves so it's never too late you could be 78 years old and god could still use you wherever you're at if you're willing see each one of these situations it came down to the point where they had to say yes lord i am willing to do what you're asking. I want you to think about that statement. Yes, Lord, I am willing to do what you are asking. Because God has a purpose for each and every one of us. And we could sit there and try to sit back. We could sit there and ignore it. We could sit there and say how comfortable we are sometimes and i have seen this before several times throughout my life how god will kind of kick you out of your comfort zone and a lot of times it's not in the way that you were not in a very nice way because i think god tries in a nice way at first but you you keep ignoring it keep ignoring it keep ignoring it and then finally god allows certain things to happen in your life to 
push you or move you into the direction he needs you to be. You know, it makes me go and think about Philippians 2, verse 12. It says, Therefore, my dear brothers, just as you've always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his purposes or purpose. Do everything without grumbling and arguing, which tells me it may not necessarily have been comfortable. It may have not been the direction they were hoping. It may not have been the door they were really thinking was going to be opened. Verse 15, so that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation among whom you shine like stars in the world by holding firm to the word of life. Then I could boast in the day of Christ that I didn't run or labor for nothing. Now, sometimes you might hear the phrase, I didn't do laboring in vain. But even if I am poured out as a drink offering on the sacrificial service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all, or would rejoice with all of you. In the same way, you also be glad and rejoice with me. See, the thing is, when God calls us to do something, sometimes it may not be exactly what we were hoping for. Where, like my example, my whole plan, I am now 40 and I still don't own my home. I still don't have any kids and I still haven't really, in my opinion, done enough for God like I've wanted. Even though I know there's been opportunities, I know God has opened doors, I know God has done incredible things... I still feel like I, I like I missed out in the last 11, 10 years doing stuff that he needs me to be doing. But a lot of it was because he was training me, molding me, and showing me things I needed to see. It was like 10 years of education that I went through. And the blessing has been be, being able to do it with my wife. And even though she had her struggles, I had my struggles. <clears throat> it has really put us together in a way that we need to be for others. And yes, we still have our scars. We still have our hurts that are still there. But over time, I really believe because of what we're able to do now, that God's going to do something amazing. It doesn't mean that every step is going to be a blessing after blessing after blessing, but it does mean that God has a plan and purpose. And I think he's at a point where he's telling me, you know, it's going, things are going to start happening and it's going to be an exciting ride. And just like any roller coaster, there's going to be ups and downs. But at the end, you know that we're going to be with Christ and it's going to be all worth it. You know, the whole thing's going to be worth it. So my, my, my outcry to you guys is the same thing. You know, take a step back. You know, we talked about in the beginning of the year about taking a step back. Take a step back. Look at your life. Are you making choices that are for God or are you making choices for what is best for you? Are you making choices for God that are based on what God's trying to get you to do or are you basing it on what you think your family needs? Now, there's, you guys got to understand there's a difference between responsibility and doing what God's asking of you. So, of course, God wants you to take care of your family, but are you doing it 
because this is what you think it should be like? Or are you asking God, this is, is this the way that we're supposed to be doing things? Am I teaching my kids everything that you want me to teach them? You know, you may be an amazing hunter or fisherman and you're teaching your kids how to do all that, but have you been teaching them how they're supposed to treat other people and how they're supposed to respect authority, how they're supposed to lead, how they're supposed to be examples of Christ? Are you talking about stories in the Bible? Are you asking them questions about if they have any questions? Are you asking them questions, the stuff that they have learned, things that they're going through? <coughs> That's why I'm saying we need to learn to be sensitive, compassionate, but we're also supposed to be leaders and assertive. So the idea is, gents, take a step back. Am I doing what God has asked me? Am I serving his will or am I serving my own? Am I allowing the Holy Spirit to lead my life? Am I making my choices from what I believe they should be? And so even when like, it seems like God's saying, I need you to do this. You're like, no, no, Lord, I'm going to turn and we're going to go this way. And so God may let you ride for a bit. You know, I've met people who tell me that they were called, but haven't been doing anything. Because they've pretty much gave up on the idea because everybody around them keeps telling them they need to go to school. Or get education before they can really do anything does not mean God doesn't have a plan it does not mean God doesn't have something he needs you to be doing it does not mean there's not an open door somewhere that can train you or help you go to school while working with helping you work into the like the ministry that they're in so that you're involved in it so that you can grow and get that training because personally to me ministry is way more than education you can have all the education in the world but if you don't know how to minister to somebody your education is meaningless i've learned that throughout the years of how there's a lot of people who have this amazing education but don't know how to actually deal with people and they, they start treating it like a business or a uh i guess a spiritual leveling system over actually teaching them how to be examples and how to walk and how they're supposed to act. I mean, the fact that I actually hear people actually say, well, I go to a church I've never heard the pastor talk about hell or sin, really. That's a that's a warning, guys. A red flag. If your pastor ain't talking about hell, ain't talking about sins and saying, hey, you need to turn from them. But it's all about feel good stories and feel good messages and you finding your way and you becoming something and you discovering your purpose, but not discovering your purpose in God and not discovering who God is and discovering his will for you and understanding what it means to obey his word, what it means to obey his will, not teaching you to disciple other people pray for each other grow with one another encourage one another in christ like if there's not that which is biblical and and the idea is to build unity and to see growth and to see christ and the holy spirit you know transform you into men and if you're, you're women women of god you see it seems to be a thing today of feeling Christian or looking like a Christian, but not actually following Christ, not 
necessarily obeying Christ, not actually reading the scriptures, not actually obeying the scriptures. I mean, like I said, deconstruction is a thing. It does exist. And you're starting to see, I don't even know how to say this. You're going to start seeing generations being less willing to trust the scriptures and trust their heart more. That is the way I've been saying it. They are going to be less likely to trust the scriptures and more likely to trust their heart. Well, I feel like I should be doing this. Yeah, but you know, that's not a very biblical way to do it. That's okay. I just feel like this is the right thing. Well, the thing is, that's what people do who have sin issues. They feel like that's okay. Because as long as I am not hurting somebody, then it must not be wrong. So their moral code is, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. That's not biblical. This is why I'm asking you gents to take a step back. Think about your life. Think about the choices you've been making. Are they based off of God? Like seeking him out and his guidance and direction or has it really just been about what you want in your direction and what you hope for so, I mean that's one of the discussions my wife and I have had a lot about going to Waco you know, people ask how do you know and I tell them I don't know I just know I just know it doesn't mean that you know my, my wife and I haven't looked at each other and I say is this right this is a good choice because we can go anywhere we want in the United States. We are not bound to Waco. Now we could move in any state. We could have gone to any city we wanted, but Waco keeps being the direction we're getting pushed towards. It doesn't mean that Waco itself might be it. It could be the towns around it. It could be a town nearby. It could be that maybe this is just the first step. Building us a network, a connection of people at Waco to eventually hit somewhere nearby. And that's where God wants us to plant. You see, we don't know 100%. All God has asked is, do you trust? And I want you to go there. That is it. We have plans in our heads. We have ideas that we've written out. We have like, kind of like a, a map that we could try to do to see how God opens it. God has given us compassion about certain things and concerns about certain things about churches and, and people we're probably going to meet and the issues we're probably going to battle. But at the same time, there's this comfort of okayness to go to Waco. And everybody that lives out there is like, oh, you're going to love it. Well, I can tell you this, there's going to be a lot of changing in my body because I've lived in Colorado a long time, even though I'm not adapting to up here as well as I should be. And I was living in Connecticut and then I was living in Maryland and I've lived in Virginia beach, Virginia. I've spent some time in Louisiana. I don't really know what it's going to be like for me. I don't know if, you know, if this is like, boom, as soon as we get there, suddenly it's like our health is like improving. Everything's just coming together and things start opening. It could be possible and maybe amazing thing. But the thing is, the question you got to ask yourself, if God's calling me to do something, am I doing it? Or am I, am I allowing my fear, my concerns, my, my doubts to control me? 
is think about it. Why, if God has asked you, if he said to you, I want you to be in ministry, I need you to either go to school, I need you to move over here at this church because they're willing to train you. And you said no. Well, I, I don't know, you know, I'm waiting for God to lead me. Sometimes, you know, leading is opening the door and saying, go. Well, I don't want to leave my job. It's it's perfect. Everything, you know, I have everything. I've been there for a while. Yeah. I had some decent jobs. They weren't going to pay very much, but they were decent. And because I obeyed, I found out I would have been laid off in one. And the other one, I, I would have stayed at a dead-end job. It wouldn't have gone anywhere. I would have had plenty of work. I don't have gone anywhere. And I found out years later that plant basically shut down, so I wouldn't have had a job eventually. But it's all because I just kept listening and, and asking God to, to tell me what's next. Do what next. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. And even though when he told me to quit my job and said go back to school, I just, I, at first I was like, I don't know, you know, this is a decent job. But I did it. And I'm glad because they would have laid, off, laid me off. I, even my manager said, you know, I'm glad you listened to God's leading. And that's been kind of a theme for me. And even in the last 10 years and all the stuff we've gone through, you know, not being able to get the jobs I was hoping, praying for these ministry jobs to happen, I step back and I look at it and I go, I could see why God said no. I could see why God closed that door. I could see why God didn't allow that to happen. <laughs> Though at the time I felt like my world's falling apart and everything was not coming together, I still understood that God was watching my back. So like it says, you know, it's there's going to be times of groaning and arguing in your head. Like This doesn't make sense. Why do I have to work here, man? I hate this job. It's so dumb. And God's like, well, Jim, Bob, Tim, Jake, John, Jose, Daniel, son, whatever you want to be called, whatever it is. I've called you to go do this. Are you willing to trust me? And you're like, oh, you know, that that requires moving. That requires getting, you know, finding another job. That requires me to, you know, quit this one. I got, you know, my wife's going to have to go to full work full time. There's no way. Like, that's the thing. If we start, what we start doing at the end of all this is we start doubting. We start creating excuses. We start having false faith in that we believe in God. We believe that he'll take care of us. Well, you say it out loud, but then when it comes down to the net grit of you would have to actually truly trust him in faith, that's when you're like, oh, no, 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 Lord, I, I, I can't do that. That's No, I'm not going to quit my job. I'm getting paid $80,000 right now with this job. There's no way I'm going to quit that to go to school. My family wouldn't have anything. And God's going to turn around and say, but you said you trusted me. Yeah, yeah, but I, I do trust you, Lord. So then quit this job and go back, go to school so that I can send you to where I need you to be. No, 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 Lord, it's an $80,000 job. There's there's no way I'm going to leave this. No way. But you say you trust me. You see, that's what it comes down to, gents. Now, we, we talked about the, faith, the shield of faith yesterday. And there's different avenues we could talk about faith. Faith is believing and what God's promises are and believing in his leading, believing that he's going to trust, you know, that you trust him enough to 
give your trust to him. Now, if he's called you to be doing something, he has a plan. He's not just going to throw you out in the street and say, well, figure it all out. And then when you are ready, I will open that door for you. That's not what he's going to do. As much as I will never wish what my wife and I have gone through these past 11 years on anybody, I do see how God showed when we had absolutely nothing. He was still taking care of us in nothingness. He was still providing. He was still giving us opportunities. He was still opening doors. He was still doing things, even if they weren't not the doors we were hoping for or the doors we ran up trying to break open and unlocking because we wanted it to happen. God said, no, that's not the door. That's, that's not it, guys. Stop trying to get in there. And then even though I got so down, so dark and so low at one point, he was just like, dude, I, I thought you said you trusted me. But the thing is, you know, our human nature gets in the way. Our hurt, you know, comes from that fear. It comes from mistrust. You know, because sometimes I think a lot of us say, yes, I have faith in him and I trust him no matter what. And then when God says, okay, quit your job, go here. And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. Can't do that. It's the same concept, guys. It's You can't keep on running around and say, oh, look how God has blessed me. Look how much God has done so much for me. But when he's already been asking you to do something else, you're not doing it, but you're still living, you know, the, the so-called blessed life you've had. Because the funny part is, you know, you have this job that is $80,000 and then suddenly God wants you to go over to Joe Blow, you know, state, you know, the state over here in this town and the job you're getting there. You know, it's going to be paying you maybe less, but he needs you there because he wants you to be part of, you know, this ministry or this nonprofit or, or to serve there for some reason. And suddenly these doors just start opening up. And you start discovering other ways that God fulfills in taking care of you guys in a way that you could never imagine because it's better than what you could ever imagine because you did it in trust and you're, you're willing to obey and do what he asks of you. I know this is a little bit of a longer episode probably than most others, but you know, this is just something that's been my heart for all these years. You know, what God has been really teaching me. I, I don't know what's going to happen to us after, you know, we're going to be at this apartment for the time, but you know, I still have dreams. You know, I, I want to have a few acres of property. I want to do my own farming, you know, a little bit of my own farming stuff. You know, I want to do, have space to be able to have people come over and have the youth group come over. But right now, you know, my wife and I are going to be, be living in a two bedroom, two bath apartment. It's not terribly big, but it is what, where God wants us to be in this moment. And the one thing I'm always more open about is why, you know, why do you want us here? What kind of doors are you going to open? What kind of people are you going to have us meet? Because, you know, apartment place has more than just one person living there. So maybe it's someone we need to meet there specifically, even if it's just for a year, maybe two. That's being open and willing. 
But that's not what my plan was. I wanted to get a house. I wanted to rent out a house. I wanted my little my own space because like I've <laughs> the past 11, 10 years, I pretty much lived where there's other people everywhere. Like living on top of me or next to me or whatever. So I've never really had my own place where Britt and I just have our own place. You know, it's everybody else is living there. <laughs> but the thing is, I am open to see how God's going to do this. Are you? Are you willing today to say, Lord, have you been talking to me? Have you been telling me to do something? Have I been ignoring you? Have I been allowing fear in the way? Have I been doubting my trust and faith in you? I want you guys to think about that, especially for this week. Hopefully I'll be able to talk next next week with you guys and you know, share whatever's next. Just probably be back to the armor of God next time I do it, but we'll see. And then for now, you know, maybe for the next couple of weeks, this is what you guys need to think about. Lord, what's next for me? Do I just take a step back and see if I'm doing what you're asking? Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for this time. I ask you to bless it. I ask you to bless this podcast. And maybe it's needed to be around a little bit longer before I do what's next on the armor of God. But I ask that you use this to be an example of encouragement to someone who may be listening who has not said yes to you yet. Who's been ignoring it or doubting it or living in fear about doing something you've asked them to do. Pray that you give them courage today. Even if it's going to take some time to get to the point that they need to be. Make today be the day that when they, or whenever they hear this podcast. Be the day where they let go of that fear. And say, okay, Lord, show me what I need to do. And no matter what comes at me, I'm going to hold on to you and be willing to do it. And even if it's uh, any of the ladies too, the same thing, Lord. Work in these, these people's hearts. Let them see that you have a purpose for them, a plan. And it may not be where they've been for the past 10 years. It may not be where they've been for the past five years. It may not have been for the past 40 years. Open the doors for them to see you have this purpose and plan. And if they are where they're supposed to be, have them ask you what should they be doing where they're at. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, gals have a blessed week and hopefully i will get to talk next time if not whenever i get to that's the next time you get to hear from me take care and make sure you pray for one another encourage one another and build up one another and i'll see you next time